The Aggies, the Jazz, the high schools. If it's the sport you care about, we're talking about it. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Good afternoon. What's going on, everybody? Eric Franson, AJ Salveson. They just, you know, take care of... uh, Take care of your donut over there. Join us whenever you're done. Oh, stop it. Mr. Sitting there chatting away. Just chatting away. Hey, Eric, it's 3.59. Anyways, uh, yeah, I was over at the <laughs> uh, the old pine store shopping for wood for my, to make my kids a little clubhouse. Uh, Eric, it's 4 o'clock. You know, and I, I couldn't find the right wood. <laughs> I'm not sure where this is going. <laughs> Uh, anyway, a lot of different things to cover today here on the Full Court Press. Obviously, the big news that broke just as we got off the air yesterday, Jordan Love declaring that he is going to go to the NFL despite the, the swirling suggestions that he would go to another college football program. Hi, Dan Pretzel. How are you doing today? <laughs> How's everything going in your world? You doing all right, my man? Oh, it's been kind of a rough 12 hours for you. 21 hours for you. It's kind of been a hard uh, 48 hours for some media people. Yeah. Did you Were you following Bruce Feldman on Twitter at all on Sunday? No. When all the bowl announcements were being released? No. He was trying to announce, okay, these teams are going here, and this team is going here. Like the whole Brett McMurphy thing? And he was... Well, maybe it was Brett McMurphy, not uh, Bruce Feldman. I thought Murphy did an all right job. Did well, I do something? He was declaring some schools were going to some bowl games that the bowl organization itself had already declared would be different teams. <laughs> and then later he backtracked. He didn't even delete it. He didn't even apologize. He said, oh, this team has accepted this. Oh, they, oh yeah. He'd be like, uh, last minute change here. <laughs> Bull's like, nope, nope. We were going with them the whole entire time. Yeah, that's how it's always been. <laughs> Check our feed. <laughs> Uh, I, I, you know, here's before we get into Jordan Love, and we got a lot to get in with with Jordan Love and reactions and thoughts. Uh, the whole as as media, you and I, uh, our job is to report the news or report or give our thoughts and opinions, rumors, thoughts. Do you feel like Dan Wetzel had a grip on it or no? And he just went wild and willy, and then all of a sudden, the car got out of control, and this uh, is where we're at. I mean, it's a fair question. I, I think that there was speculation that Jordan Love was not coming back to Utah State. I think that was pretty fair to say that that's not hard to sure. figure out. Sure. And so, but to come he was out probably and say, to going off of that, and maybe he heard certain uh, programs were reaching out to him that they liked to have him come there, but. My guess is that he never really got anything directly from Jordan Love. That's And that's where I want to get to. You can't go out there and say, hey, by the way, so-and-so university and this university and this university are all Jordan Love's options if he doesn't go to... Like, what in the world? Unless Jordan Love has said something, just keep it quiet. Like, you and I aren't going to go out there and like... I mean, we hear the rumors and we see the rumors, but we're not going to sit there and say, yeah, yeah, that looks about... That's legit rumor. That's, that's, I mean, unless Jordan Love has come out and said that, unless we've heard it from Coach Anderson that he's transferring, then go out there and say, well, yeah, he's, yeah, he's looking at this university for sure. We know that, folks. 
It's just, it, man, I just felt like it was irresponsible on his part, on Dan's part. Well, we live in a, so- in a society, especially among, with a lot of people in the news media, where it's more important to be first than to be right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're definitely right. Yeah. And so, you know, they're, they'll put something out there and just to be the first on the story. And then as it materializes or it changes, then they will, you know, change their story as it goes. But they want to be high on the pecking order of when it first came out. So, doesn't surprise me. It's, it's the world we live in right now. Uh, do you have Jordan's statement right there? I do. Can you read it for us? I can. Oh, geez. You want me to read it right now? I, I feel like you're on. I have to babysit you. <laughs> All right, I'll go. All right, here we go. It's, it's a little lengthy, but, but it's it, really well it, done. It, that's and that's why I want you to read. All right, it. So if you missed it, here's you know we've got some information on CashValleyDaily.com. Gives me a chance to finish my donut. You, <laughs> that's why you want me to read this. <laughs> Uh, that uh, has a little bit more about his history, some of his stats, some of the, his accomplishments. But this is the note direct from Jordan Love, which he put out on the Twitter uh, just right as we got off the air. He says, for Aggie Nation, first and foremost, I'd like to thank you f- for every single memory you have helped me create over these past four years. I want to thank Utah State University for believing in me and giving me an opportunity to live out one of my dreams of playing Division One football. This university has helped shape and mold me to the person and player I am today. I want to thank everyone who has helped me get to this point in my life, including my mom and my dad. Words cannot express how grateful I am for your love and continued support. To all the coaches I have had the opportunity to learn and grow from, thank you. To all my teammates, thank you. I will forever be grateful, and the memories we created together will last a lifetime. To the fans, especially the herd, thank you for all of your support. Spending Saturday nights with my brothers at the Mav, playing in front of all of you, is something I will always cherish. Playing for the Aggies has been a dream come true, and with that being said, I am ready to chase after my next dream. After much prayer, consideration, and discussion with my family, I have decided to forego my senior year at Utah State and enter the 2020 NFL Draft. I knew from the first time I put on a helmet and shoulder pads that I wanted to play in the NFL, and I'm excited to begin that journey now. I haven't quite closed this chapter in my life, though, as I look forward to putting on my Aggie uniform one final time for our bowl game. Aggies all the way. And that is from Jordan Love's official Twitter account. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. That's from Jordan Love himself. So, Mr. Dan Pretzel, you can retweet that and put it out there for the world to see. Uh, Congratulations to Jordan Love. Uh, Happy for him as as I'll get out. Uh, I think it's... I think it's great he's playing in the bowl game. I think that's pretty cool, and that says a lot about him as a teammate. Some will say, I agree. "Well, look, he's he's just being selfish, and he's you know he sh- he should have waited till you know whenever after." No, it's okay. If he so, wa- whenever he wants to announce, he can announce. Okay, so playing in a bowl game for Jordan Love, uh-huh. does it help his draft stock? Does it have the potential to hurt his draft stock? For him, does it even matter at this point? Uh, depends how the game goes. <laughs> I know that's a kind of a really like cop out, get out of the way answer, but at the same time, look, if he has a great game versus Kent State and throws for 355 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, oh, it's delicious, right? He's making a 15 yard out throw with coverage on the side. He's making a throw with, you know, in a tight window space to COC Mariner. Looks great. Now, if he goes out there and goes, you know, one touchdown and two picks or whatever the situation is, then yeah, it's going to hurt him a little bit. My guess. 
and this is just me, and this is not uh, coming from any credible source. It's the gospel cornage, but it's going to help them. Because I think this team, and I hate to say it's about Kent State already, but I think Kent State's a team you can throw all over on. I, I tend to agree. I think that this has... I don't know that it really helps his draft stock go up necessarily a whole lot. Sure. Because it's a it's a low-level bowl game against a low-level team. It's not like it's a control, big stage you know, where a lot of eyes are on it. Sure. Um, I, I think that the, the, the evaluation and the book on Jordan Love is out. And I don't know that this bowl game is necessarily going to change a lot one a way or the point. other. That's a great point. I think it can... I think the way that it's set up, it's more likely to help him than hurt him. Yeah, absolutely. It, I, it's you'll see in the the top level programs going to the some of these big bowl games, some of their guys who are projected to be like first, not just first rounders, but early early first rounders, they sometimes opt not to play in their bowl game because they don't want to get hurt, they don't want to get injured. They already know they're going to go very high. And playing in the bowl game really does nothing for them. Doesn't move them up or down on the list. For Jordan Love, I don't know that it necessarily moves him up or down on the list either. But I think it certainly adds more intrigue to the bowl game. It's going to have a lot more eyes and attention on it now. Here's a guy who is going to the NFL. He is an NFL pro. um, And this is your last chance to see him in an Aggie uniform. In fact, earlier on this show, not on this show, on this station... Colin Cowherd. Oh, this is delicious. Had some really interesting things to say about Jordan Love. So I got a call. I was actually watching Colin Cowherd at this time. I switched the channel off because I was like, I don't want to hear about the freaking Cowboys or your hate for Baker Mayfield. Don't have the time for it. <laughs> so I went to, uh, I was playing video <laughs> games. I get a call from somebody. AJ, are you listening to Colin Cowherd? I just was watching him. You need to go back to him because he's making a comparison to a quarterback of Jordan Love to somebody else, and it's pretty wild. And I said, okay. So I turn on the TV, rewind it, and this is what I hear. Yeah, so this is Colin Coward here on this radio station earlier today. Joe Burrow faced a kid this year. I'll give you an example. Joe Burrow faced a kid this year named Jordan Love from Utah State. Joe Burrow looked great. Jordan Love looked terrible. Joe Burrow won 42 to 6. But Joe Burrow's got a great coaching staff, not a good one, and great players. And Utah State coaches, not great. I'm told it's a below average staff, and they didn't have good players. Don't be shocked if Jordan Love, who will drop in the first round and go to a Carolina, LA Chargers, go to a team with players, doesn't end up having a better career than Joe Burrow, who goes number one to Cincinnati. Not a great owner, not a great front office, not a great scouting department, a terrible offensive line, A.J. Green and cross your fingers. And in that game, everybody's like, oh, Joe Burrow's way better. Joe Burrow's got an NFL coordinator. Jordan Love doesn't. But Jordan Love's going to drop in that draft and go to a team like 15, 18, 22, 24 with a great coach. And as Bill Belichick said last night in HBO, no player can overcome bad coaching in pro football. So that's my whole point. I like Burrow, but my people are all that I talked to last night have my same concerns. They like him, but it's hard to judge a kid at LSU when you're throwing. Look at the Cleveland Browns. OBJ, where'd he go to school? LSU. Jarvis Landry, where'd he go to school? LSU. LSU's a football factory. They got 38 guys on that roster that are NFL players. Utah State's got one, the quarterback. Well, I- uh, 
All right, so I may disagree with that last point that he said there. (laughs) Utah State has a couple NFL dudes. But interesting comparison. I mean, there's. I think what he's trying to say is that Joe Burrow, Jordan Love are going to go to the NFL at the same time. And it's very conceivable that Jordan Love could have a better NFL career than Joe Burrow. Do you agree with the first part of the reason why is that it being coaching? Well, I think what he's also saying is that Jordan Love will fall to a program that'll have a better situation than Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow will get thrown into a program that doesn't have good NFL situation. He may get thrown into a bad situation. Jordan will be able to acclimate and ease into a a situation that'll be better for him. Okay, but he also said that because Jordan Love didn't have great coaches. That his that Colin says his people told him, Colin himself, that the the coaching wasn't good. Okay, now you're talking about the at the college level. Oh, sorry. For, well, yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm talking about the situation oh, okay. they will end up so in here's, in the NFL. Here, like, I love, I love, I would love a situation in LA. And the friend that I had called me had also brought up a really, really good point. The Chargers would be a great place to end up out. Why? Because you're underneath Phillip Rivers. And you can learn and you can grow from a really good quarterback and a high IQ quarterback. Joe Burrow, if he goes to Cincinnati, guess who the starting quarterback is? Joe Burrow. He's not going to learn from Andy Dalton how to throw seven interceptions and make 20 bad reads a game. You are the quarterback. You and are Everything the guy. will be on his shoulders yeah. to turn it around. They're going to light a Mach 9 like fire underneath your rear end and just shoot you out of a cannon and there you go, buddy. With Jordan Love, it's like the Aaron Rodgers-Brett Favre situation. As annoying as it was for Aaron Rodgers to have to sit on the bench that long and wait and wait and wait. Boy, he got to learn from one of the best. Yeah, Steve and when it was Young, his time, yeah, woo, Steve boy, Young was good. got to learn from Joe Montana. As, as much as it annoyed Steve Young, he got to learn from one of the top two quarterbacks in the NFL history. Tom Brady got to learn from Drew Bledsoe. To learn and to groom, right? Yes. And so there's that help. And so if he can be able to fall to the Chargers, and I, I say fall, but be picked by the Chargers and learn underneath Philip Rivers, it's a great situation. Another good situation, I think, would be the Vikings. I think the Vikings with, I mean, what, is it Kirk Cousins Kirk right Cousins. now? You he's can learn, I mean, he's not. great right now. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not Tom Brady. He's not Philip Rivers for all that matter. But he's still a high IQ quarterback who can actually help you develop into the game. And then when it comes time, it transfers them up. And from all accounts, a well-organized NFL ball club. Now, to the college coaching that you were you were discussing, uh, Joe Burrow is coming out of a system that has <laughs> a tremendous system. Guys that know how to produce NFL talent. A lot of NFL talent. Who have great facilities, great coaches, and they're surrounded by other great players. Jordan Love does not have those same luxuries. Um, now, Colin Coward calling Utah State's coaching staff below average. Uh, that's harsh. I don't know. And I disagree with that I, strongly. It's a, that's a little strong. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I love you, Colin, but I strongly disagree with but that. But he doesn't know. He, he clearly is relying on someone else telling his, him. His people. Right, his whomever they are. <laughs> whoever that is. Right. Hey, so... No, that's a different debate for another day. I was gonna, yeah, I'm not gonna stir the pot right now with Salt Lake City. Those Ute fans over there who are probably wondering, well, is Tyler Huntley gonna get drafted higher than, or unless you're Ben Criddle? Ben Criddle thinks that Zach Wilson's a first round top five pick in the NFL. <laughs> no, 
Sorry. Uh, anyways, I, I diverge a little bit. Um, look, Jordan's going to be a good quarterback to start in the NFL. He'll be a great quarterback later in his career there if he can, if if he can last that long. Which I hope he does. Uh, I so I agree. I, th- I think if he gets thrown into a situation where he needs to be a starter early on, it's not going to go well. It's going to be bumpy, very bumpy. It's going to be rough, but it, and it always is, right? For those kind of quarterbacks, that, I mean, Baker Mayfield is learning the hard way, and Baker Mayfield has an attitude that really isn't, you know, it's not going swimmingly for Kyler Murray. Yeah, it's not going. And then um, you look at, I mean, look at all the other quarterbacks, right? Uh, Andy Dalton went to the NFL from TCU. That didn't work out all too well. Um, and well, for a little while until he started getting hurt. Well, two years though. Yeah, two years in, and your your career goes downhill. So if if Jordan Love has a chance to learn underneath an experienced quarterback who's had success, he's going to be fine. He's going to be great. If he has to get thrown into the fire like Joe Burrow could, there could be problems. I, I kind of think that Joe Burrow has the experience and the skill set to handle being thrown into it early better. Than Jordan Love, right, I, I think Jordan Love needs to have that. This is how it works in the NFL. Have some time working with their staff, getting accustomed to how it works at that level, for him to have some success in the at the next level. I think he could be a successful quarterback, but I think he'll need a quality quarterbacks coach and offensive coordinator to work with him to get him ready for that. I think Joe Burrow is just based on who he had to face every week. And the type of things he had to deal with every week of where he was, I think he'll he'll be more acclimated to the NFL situation than Jordan Love will be. Four three five seven five two one zero six nine. Uh you share your thoughts with us as Jordan Love has declared for the NFL draft. We'll play in the bowl game versus Kent State in uh, Frisco next Friday. Um but one other thing along with this is you switch it. Put Joe Burrow on Utah State this year's team. Put Jordan Love on LSU's team this team this year. We're looking at two different quarterbacks, right? Like, does Joe Burrow have that success he's had at LSU with this roster? If you put Joe Burrow on the Utah State roster on this for team. this year, yeah. And Jordan Love, if you put him on LSU's team this year, is he a Heisman candidate? Interesting. If their roles were reversed, yeah, they're in different situations. Absolutely. Because, listen, Jordan Love doesn't have the play. Oh, well, he doesn't man. have the same level I'm of playmaker. I'm going to get crucified for saying it. I, no, he doesn't have the same level of playmaker. You're, talk, you're talking Joe about 6'6 six, receivers, 6'6, six, six, 200 something receivers. I, the, the same friend, by the way, you know, was talking to me. He said, I was at LSU, I was at the game, and you saw the difference in size between our receivers and their defensive backs. And it's not a diss on Utah State in any way. It is flat-out reality. SEC 220 is a heck of a lot different than Mountain West Conference 220. There is just a... It's it's a difference, and you can't... You couldn't understand unless you understood the game, and you understood the conference and the way the football's college football is. But if you put Jordan Love with, like, legit true playmakers... Like Jamar Chase, Jefferson. Like he had a year ago. Yeah, I mean, well, sure, and if he had a year ago, but you put them on this year's team with what Joe Burrow had, Jordan Love's probably breaking freaking records. I think Jordan Love yeah, has a, would have a good year at LSU. Yes, I think he'd be a great quarterback there. I also think Joe Burrow would be a successful quarterback at USU. You do? Yes. With this year's team? Yes. 
He was still a very, very good quarterback. His his passing percentage is like 70, what, 8%, 76%. He's going to kill and set a new record. So he's still very heads up, very smart quarterback. I think he'll still have success at Utah State. But Jordan Love, I think he's going to have a, a nice NFL career if he gets in the right situation. Yeah, me too. And that is playing behind somebody who is a good quarterback. Expectations aren't aren't high. He has opportunity to learn and to uh, grow into that. Uh, I think Joe Burrow will be thrown into a position to do more earlier on. But uh, does he put last? Jordan Love because with a, a big experienced offensive line with some great wide receivers and tight ends? He's going to look like a really good NFL quarterback. Look, the Bengals have a terrible offensive line. They were second, they were third in the league, or third in the league in allowing sacks. They're first in the AFC right now. Joel Burrow goes there. He'll be a good quarterback, but he's going to get the crap kicked out of every single day. And being sacked seven times a Sunday doesn't really seem like an attractive career to me. If you can put Jordan Love behind a line that's going to take care of him, you have a shot. You have a chance. All right, uh, coming up next here on the Full Court Press, it's the return of the Full Court Press movie quiz. See if Ajay can uh, guess this one. And uh, a little bit later on, conversation with Dan Clayton, Salt City Hoops, talking about the Utah Jazz. What's going on with the Jazz? Are they going to be players in the midseason trade market to turn things around, or are they going to let it ride and get it figured out on their own? And next hour, conversation with Eli Betker, Mountain West Wire, to get an update on what's going on in the Mountain West uh, Conference for basketball. And news today about uh, coaches, new coaches being hired in Mountain West for football. We'll give you an idea of who they are, what their background and pedigree are, and if there will be good fits in the Mountain West. All that's coming up and more here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. I'm a sucker for you. This is the Dan Patrick Show. You know, we can say the season's too long, but even if I said, let's reduce it to 70 games, you're still going to have load management here. And I'm always curious, why just the stars for load management? You know, the, the guys who are the sixth men or guys who play, you know, Patrick Beverly, does he need load management? What about the other players, the role players? They don't need load management? Dan Patrick. And here they are. Weekday mornings from 7 to 10 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Imagine a blanket that could give you the same benefits as a full body hug. A blanket that will help you relax and sleep better. I'm Jason from Utah Mattress Outlet, and we sell a weighted blanket that does just that. The true blanket. If you have effects of anxiety, depression, sleep disorders, hormonal imbalances, PTSD, autism, or if you're just plain stressed out, this blanket, the true blanket, is highly recommended by medical professionals. Come in the store and let us show you this amazing blanket. The true blanket is here at Utah Mattress Outlet, 880 South Main Street. It's back. Jarek's Fine Jewelry in Logan is having our annual Pick a Pearl event. If you've attended this in the past, you know how much fun we have. And if you haven't come before, you don't want to miss this exciting event. For only $10, pick your oyster, open it that day, or save it for that stocking stuffer surprise. Mark your calendar Friday and Saturday, December 13th and 14th. Pick a Pearl at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Look for the bright green cars. Jarek's Fine Jewelry. Make it special. Make it Jarek's. The Aggies, the Jazz, the High Schools, the Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan.
Eric Franson, and Andre Salveson. Full court press rolling on. Did you finish your donut? I knew you were going to ask me. During your break? I did. I did. That was a messy donut, too. Okay, you can't say, hey, donuts in the conference room, and then not expect me to get a donut. You know what sucks is that we've had a lot of donuts the last couple of days float through here. Yeah? What's the problem with that? But they're really good. Okay, what's the problem like with I that? And I feel like I have to eat some. You don't have to do it. Nobody's forcing you, okay? Nobody's forcing you to but eat that donut. They're delicious. You could have said, Ajay, would you like this donut? Yes, I'll eat it for you. And you can watch me eat the donut, and you can still get the same satisfaction. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'll, tr- I'll have to try that at some point. Do that. Like, I mean, go get dinner or lunch and say, Audrey, will you eat this for me? Yes. And then watch me eat it. And then you're going to feel fantastic. One, because you didn't eat that. And two, because I ate it for you and you got to watch me eat. And I can enjoy all the you know, the, the mess I, you I make all over your face. <laughs> <laughs> and just laugh at you. I knew you would do that. <laughs> you probably shake up the soda can and then I'd be like, oh, right in my face. I just know that'd be you. Eric. Drink this, too. Can't eat or drink it. You drink it for me. Eric, November 14th, 2019. Do you know what happened on that day? December 14th? No, November 14th, 2019. Oh, November, sorry. November 14th, 2019. Yeah. Are you seriously looking at the freaking calendar? Yeah. The fetch is your problem. Trying to see. It was a Thursday? Yeah, sure. It's a Thursday. I don't know what happened on November 14th. It's the last time we had a movie quiz. Why did we do it on a Thursday? Eric, don't ask me questions you don't want to know the answer to. Okay. You were busy. Probably. Because I, you're like, oh, I'm going to oh, the Islands of Congo. Oh, I didn't Con- get to it, so I had to push it off. You're going to the Islands of Congo, and so I had to freaking save my great acting job for another day. All right, you ready for this? We don't By have the, a lot of time here. I've cut all the audio for our movie quiz. You would love it. Over time? Yeah. So oh, it no. has like us talking back and forth in our different accents. Oh, no. All right. Go. Let's, let's see if you can get this one. Yep. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Quit picking your nose, Clark. <laughs> let's go. Look alive. It's coming to you. Ow. <clears throat> you just lost your spot at Video Spot. Dang it. Strike. Don't swink if it's not in the strike zone. Where's the strike zone? Strike two. (laughs) Right there. You're out. (laughs) Sit down, spaz. That kid is throwing heat. Heat meat. One out. Gonna be two outs. I bet you're a really good catcher of donuts in your mouth. (laughs) Strike. Don't chop at it. It's not a sword. It's a really crappy acting job by you, by the way. You're not a sword. (laughs) Strike two. Oh, that's ugly. Strike out, video boy. Strike three. I caught it. You're out. But I nicked it. I hit the ball. I hit the bat. You're still out. Well, you're still fat. Eric Franson's Little League career. <laughs> it's the bench warmers. It is the bench warmers. I love that show. I didn't think you'd get that. Oh, dude, first line, you had me. First line, I knew exactly where this was going. I love that movie. 
Uh, I was looking at the reviews on this one on Rotten Tomatoes. They're so bad. Oh, yeah, dude. It wasn't good. <laughs> so- they, they, they had a rough go at it in theaters. Can I ask you a question? Did you suck when you were in Little League? You probably did, huh? You probably. I was good. always parked in right field. Yeah, so you suck. <laughs> did I ever tell you the one time I played right field in, in the Northern Utah League? I got hit right in the gajones by the ball because I couldn't see it. <laughs> and it hit me. And so I was rolling around on the ground in pain. And there was a little league kid soccer game going on next to me, and the ball I hit like hit the like I mean it flew to like the side of the fence. So the guy got inside the park home run because he hit me right in the coconuts. You're rolling around, <laughs> dude. You know how painful it is having a ball coming off a from bat that far away. Hit you yes. right in the. I don't want to imagine. In the gobstoppers, dude. <laughs> All right, so here's that scene from the Benchwarmers that I just. <laughs> Was horrible at trying Butchered. to reenact. I could have done better. We're picking your nose, Clark. Let's go. Look alive. Coming to you. Ow. You just lost your membership in Video Spot. Dang it. <laughs> Don't swing if it's not in the strike zone. Where's the strike zone? Strike two! Right there. Three, go! Sit down, Spaz. That kid's throwing heat. Heat, mate. One out! Gonna be two outs! Hey, I bet you're a real good catcher of donuts in your mouth. Hey! Don't chop at him, it's not a sword. You're not a sword! Come on, here. Strike two. Oh, that's ugly, man. Strike out, video boy. Come on now. Strike three. I caught it. You're out. But I ticked it. It hit the bat. You're still out. You're still fat. <laughs> there it is. Bench warmers. John Heater, who was Napoleon Dynamite, which is basically he played the same character. He literally played the exact same character in this movie. Just with bigger name actors. David Spade. That helps. <laughs> it was still a bad movie. Dude, it, what, you know what's a really good movie is underrated? Oh, uh, never mind. I'll save it for my movie, movie quiz next week. If it's week. sports related, yeah, don't tell me. We'll save it for another day. Yeah. All right, dude. Uh, we've, got Dan, we've got a crazy interview process or interviews coming up here in back-to-back. Dan Clayton right here actually coming up in just moments. And then afterwards, Eli Becker of the Sporting News will join us at 5 o'clock with you. I'm going to be out, but he'll take care of you, and you'll be able to chat to Mount West Conference basketball, Utah State included. So uh, that's all coming up here on the Full Court Press. Eric France and Algie Salveson, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Sunday on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL, it's the end of an era as the Oakland Raiders play host to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hi, this is Tim Cates. Join Brent Musburger, Lincoln Kennedy, and Chris Townsend for all the action. It's the final regular season game from the Oakland Alameda County Coliseum. Can the Raiders go out on a winning note or Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars play spoilers in Oakland? It's the Raiders and Jaguars. If it's the NFL, it's right here. Sunday afternoon at 145 on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Want to create holiday memories that last? It's as easy as going local. Hi, welcome. When you shop at local independent businesses, you can save time, find great gift and entertainment ideas, the freshest holiday treats, and it's just plain fun. Hey, I'm glad you're here. The kinds of gifts you can find locally show people you really care about them 
and about the community you live in. The dollars you spend on food, beverages, decorations, and other items stay right here. Oh, I love it. Shopping locally provides unique gifts to the people you love and unique support for the businesses right here in this area. The Cash Valley Media Group encourages everyone to support our local businesses. Hi, this is Josh Brunage with CampSaver.com. This is Ryan Hulse with Pride Embroidery and Screen Printing. This is Dr. Paul Dames at Cash Valley Hearing and Audiology. This is Ryan Rockhill with Athletic Republic Training. I would like to join my friends at the Cash Valley Media Group. Encouraging you to shop local. To shop local. To shop local. To shop local. Shop here in Cash Valley, where every dollar you spend locally returns more right to the heart. Part of our community. Cares for Christmas is an organization that helps families in need of a Christmas. In family number three, there is a family of five that has suffered an unexpected loss. A single mother is struggling to take care of her five kids and has had to deal with a lot of financial burdens lately. The family would enjoy gift cards for family activities and grocery stores. For more information, please go to caresforchristmas.org. That's caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. This is Edit Fisher Home Furnishings. This Friday, take an additional fifty to twelve hundred dollars off all of our sale prices. Plus, with your donation to the Cash Food Pantry, Fishers will pay all of your sales tax. Here's just a few of the special hot buys: choose a five-piece bedroom group, only nine eighty-eight. Here's a seven-piece living room group, includes a sofa, love, the three tables, and the two lamps, nine ninety-nine, ten ninety-nine, and eleven ninety-nine. Plus, with your donation to the Cash Food Pantry, Fishers will pay all of your sales tax. This Friday, noon to eight p.m., Fisher Home Furnishings. Look for the spotlight in the sky. When Winter is here. Don't ruin your snow removal equipment just because you didn't fix an even concrete. Polylift Concrete Raising stabilizes the soil under your settled concrete through their deep foam injection. An upgrade to standard concrete raising that gets to the bottom of the issue guaranteed. Polylift raises sidewalks, driveways, even concrete steps and porches. There's no need to replace concrete that is sunk or settled. Just reposition it with Polylift. Visit poly-lift.com for your free estimate or call or text 435-999-9309. Polylift is locally owned and operated. Talking the sports you care about the full court press on sports talk radio 1069 fm 1390 a.m the fan eric france and Salvison full court press continuing on Utah Jazz are in action tonight they're on the road they're at the minnesota timberwolves so we'll have pregame coverage starting at uh, 5.50, so cut into our show a little bit. Wait, tonight? The Jazz play tonight? They play six tonight, really? They're on the road. Wow. At Minnesota. Sorry, yeah. Which is in the central time zone. Okay, I get it. Yeah, my bad. Uh, Dan Jazz Clayton. are favored by a point and a half. Probably. They're going to lose by 20 then. Uh, Dan Clayton will hopefully get a hold of him here in just a little bit, and he'll uh, he'll reach out to us uh, when he as soon as he possibly can of the Salt City Hoops of ESPN.com. Uh, hey, this Jazz team is in all sorts of issues. They lost then, six of the last eight, but and they just lost to an Oklahoma City team who's on a back to back. No Daniel Gallinari, but no problem. They win by like eighteen. They're up by twenty two at one point. Is this Jazz team worse than we thought? Are the were the expectations too high? Was I right? Because I didn't think the Jazz team would be a top three team. I said four or five. Now it's looking like eight or nine. Well, the expectations were very high, yes. And I think we, I don't think they were necessarily out of whack to be that high. But what's frustrating is it's not like the Jazz have gone through a gauntlet of the best teams in the NBA here recently. 
There were some issues earlier on when Ed Davis went out with injury. That So whenever Rudy would go to the bench, teams would just attack the basket ruthlessly. And the Jazz couldn't stop it. But now they've got a full complement. Everybody's there. Well, Mike Connolly's out. But the the problem isn't that necessarily Mike Connolly's the difference. Is that teams are really being physical with the Jazz and they're not being able to match it. They lost that physical heart and soul of their team when they let Derek Favors and Jay Crowder go. And they haven't really replaced them with anybody that is on the same level. My problem is it doesn't seem like no anybody cares. Nobody cares. Like they asked Joe today, you know, what's your thoughts on, you know, can you guys feel like you can get a fix and come together? Uh and then he says, yeah, we can come together. We're going to get it together, and we're going to be just fine. We're okay. Are you, Joe? Because when Joe has to be the primary scorer, with, or at least a primary ball handler, we have issues. And I know Mike Conley's out here for a few games. Uh, he's out tonight, by the way, against Minnesota. But that it, there's just so much more of a bigger picture issue. And I think, honestly, it's with the staff itself. I think the fault should be blamed on Coach Quinn Snyder. Well, I'm I'm frankly getting tired of hearing the same thing after all of these oh, the blowout losses. Cliche? Yeah. Uh, we just got to communicate better. Yeah, man. I'm sick of it. Uh, we got to be a little more committed to what we do. What does that mean? We're, we're a couple months into this already, and it's why are we hearing the same things? And uh, there's been some people that keep defending the Jazz and starting to get, I'm growing very wary of it. Yeah. I get it, too, that I should pump the brakes and not just hit the panic button and launch a nuclear bomb to blow the whole thing up. That this team is, over the last several years, has this trend. This is not anything new. Though we thought with this new team, we would avoid this trend. But the trend is, about this time of year, they stagnate. Uh, They're not that great. And then when you get into the tail end of December, January and February, it starts to click, and they play really, really good basketball. But the changes they made in the offseason were supposed to mitigate some of that. So they didn't go through that. Why is Instead of fighting for that seven or eight, maybe sixth spot in the playoffs, they were fighting for number three or number two in the Western Conference. Do you feel as if. (laughs) Do you feel as Donovan's doing too much? Like, is Donovan trying too hard here and forcing way too much? Oh, and the other thing, I, okay, well, that's my first part. My second part is, like, I'm not a Dante Exum fan. I'm not on his island. I'm not a fan of him. But, man, he's getting hosed. He has three good possessions, one bad turnover, and they bench him. And they put back in Moutier, who has five bad possessions, one good b- possession, and then another six bad possessions. Moutier is consistently getting a lot more minutes. He's a problem, though. He's not fixing it. Like, there's so many issues with this team right now, I don't even know where to start. Like, why is Joe... I mean, like I said, if Joe's the primary ball handler, we've got a problem. Right, He and coming off the bench, he is the one who's initiating the offense, and that should not be the case. Hindsight 2020, do you miss Rubio? 
I think I miss <clears throat> Derek Favors and Jay Crowder more. Yeah. Hey, and did you say that Derek Favors is on the trading block or will be or could be? Did I hear that right? All right, I'm going to go back and find it. Because if that's the case, I hope the Jazz are making some phone calls and you give them whatever the fetch they need with the exception of Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Bogdanovic, Bodionovic, Mike Conley, and Donovan Mitchell. Anything else is fair game, and I mean anything else. Picks, players, let her rip. You need cash, we got it. By the way, we actually need to keep the cash because we can't afford Derek Favors in a trade. I uh, can't. Uh, it may take me a little while here to find it. But no, it, that's it, fine. Essentially, there's some rumor that, that the Pelicans may be interested in shopping uh, Derek Favors. Now, Favors is not going to play tonight. It's tragic news in his family. His mother passed away suddenly uh, Thanksgiving yeah. time. And so he's not, he's not going to play because of personal reasons tonight. Still dealing with the, the passing of his mother. But all that being said, there is some talk that uh, the Pelicans might be interested in uh, moving him. I would absolutely take that. I would be absolutely okay with that. We uh, we need the help. Like Ed Davis is good when he's healthy, but Tony Bradley just doesn't deserve to be on the court in the NBA. He's too scary. He's too soft. There's no confidence. He's terrified, man. Like DeAndre Jordan. Through, like, played like him, like he was like a rag doll. Same with Jill Embiid. Jill Embiid laughed at him. Laughed at him. That was on the court with him. All right, we need somebody. Derek Favors is that guy. Jay Crowder is definitely that guy. Jay Crowder isn't intimidated by anybody. Right, he wouldn't back down from anybody. Oh, dude, yeah. In fact, he might even start something with you just for kicks and giggles because he's bored. I missed that. I mi- and you know what? Even I'll put this on the guy Grayson Allen. He had toughness. Dude, he, he had back down. He had he had a little bit of uh, you know, um a little bit of vinegar inside of him that would he wasn't afraid to start anything. And if anybody wanted to mess with him, he was he's willing to fight right back. We just need that mental toughness. We look so soft right now. Like Mike Conley still hasn't got a technical. Quinn Snyder is just oh well. We'll be back here tomorrow. Joe Ingles is in La La Land. Donovan Mitchell's thinking about himself. Royce O'Neal is way out of his comfort zone for whatever reason. Uh, Ed Davis hasn't been on, on the court long enough to figure it out. Dante Exum is in, you know, in just a total mental case because of everything that's gone on. Like, the list just goes on here. I, I can't find one good thing about this roster so far in the season. The roster as a whole or just the bench? Yes. <laughs> Tell me. Like, Boyan Bogdanovich has been a great addition. Sure. Would help in games like Oklahoma City Thunder. What, did he, what was his line versus the Thunder? I should look that up. What was his line uh, versus the Thunder the other night? Because it wasn't great. Now, granted, it wasn't great for a lot of players. So, Boyan Bogdanovich, he had 16 points. One steal, three rebounds. How many assists? None. 
Yeah, it's not really in his game. So we have a guy that sits in the corner and shoots threes. So Kyle Korver all over again. Here's, I think, part of the challenge with the Jazz. I miss Korver, too. They, Boyan Bogdanovich was required to carry the load for the Indiana Pacers for pretty much the second half of the season last year. Emmanuel Moudier was pretty much carrying the Knicks, even though they were a bad team. He had a green light to do whatever he could to help them be in a position to win. Mike Connolly was the offense for the Memphis Grizzlies. And then you've got Donovan Mitchell, who's providing a lot of the offense for the Jazz. On paper, that looks great. But you, when you put these guys together, yes, now you're asking them to play a team concept where these guys have been relied on to do individually carry a team. And maybe we just need to realize that it's just taking longer for that to settle in and figure out. Why? I don't know. By now, it should be figured out. Yeah. Maybe earlier on yeah. in the season, okay, yeah, this is how we play as a team, but now they're into the season, they're into routines, and they're settling into old habits. We have training camp and we're 24 games into the season. We still need to figure it out. And according to Tony Jones, we still have 58 games, which is plenty for him. It needs to stop. We, like, enough sugarcoating this. We're 13-11 and 11 and got beat by an Oklahoma City Thunder team that is on the verge of trying to put on the trade block Chris Paul and Daniel Gallinari along with Steven Adams. We lost to them by 14 points. In fact, we were down by 22 at one point. So yeah, about those changes. Uh, now the way that this the NBA works, if the Jazz do want to get Derek Favors back on their roster... They need the Pelicans to trade him to another team, and then that team waive him. Yeah. And then the Jazz can sign him as basically an unrestricted free agent. Problem is, well, they got to trade to a team that the team doesn't want him. I don't know if the Pelicans are going to do that either. Yeah, I'm not sure we're going to get him back. I'd love to. I'm not sure if we will. And by the way, you know what else has really not been great? It's George Yang. I thought he would make a leap. Yeah, he and looks like he was making progress. Baby steps. Where he would be that stretch four coming off the bench. <laughs> but we'll, we'll go weeks where he never even sees the court. Yeah. yeah. And that's the other thing. And put that on the list. Quinn Snyder and his minutes have been just weird. Yeah, Nang had three minutes against the Thunder. 19. He only played three minutes. George Nying. From what I'm, box score I'm looking at. Box score I'm looking at says he played 19. I'm looking at the box score from <laughs> earlier in the season. This season opener, aren't you? Which also had the wrong stats for... Body on bottom. That's why it didn't make sense. I was like, wait, he had that good of a game? Yeah, but, okay, so let's do this. 32 minutes, Bogdanovich, 13 Bogdanovich points. had 13 points, which wasn't that far Five different. rebounds and zero assists. So, yep, you're about right, One actually, steal. all the way through. <laughs> it wasn't that yeah. far different. But you're right, George Yang, 19 minutes. Three, seven from the field, seven one of four points. from deep, and seven points, dude. Three boards. It's so bad. Well, Rudy Gobert had 17 rebounds, which is a monster game, but no one else was double digits. Mitchell was the closest at six. 
but he was 10 to 25 from the field. He well, was one Davis? of eight from deep. Ed Davis? Yeah, he only had two rebounds. Yeah. In 12 minutes of play. So, And Eric Moutier, 0 of 3 from the field in 18 minutes of basketball. Two boards, two Emmanuel points. Emmanuel Moutier? What, he doesn't even deserve to have his name pronounced right, so it doesn't even matter <laughs> at this point. Do you feel bad for Dante Exum? Um, at this point, yeah. Like, Moutier's playing over him right now. Yes. I swear Snyder just has this... It's like trying to send Lindsay a message of like, I don't care how long you will put him on our team or keep him there. I ain't playing him. So do something about it. I also think the Jazz are slow playing this too. And they're not they're they're gonna they're wanting him to play into opportunity and get more minutes based on how well he performs. You can't though, man. When you have three good possessions and one turnover and they take you out, what are you supposed to do? What do you do? He screamed at Coach Snyder coming off the floor, by the way. He was th- he's upset. He's frustrated. He's confused. He wants to know what he's supposed to do. One turnover. Eric Moody or Emmanuel Moody goes in there and has, like, I mean, he throws a pass cross court to some fan in the fourth row. And he's still in there for another five minutes. He only had one turnover. Well, it was the pass into the fourth row in the stands. But it looked really bad in your mind. Anything Moody does right now looks really he bad does. in my mind. All right. Uh, I never heard from Dan. We have, we're having a hard time connecting with Dude, Dan. I hope he's Clay. okay. And I'm dead serious because that is weird. Uh, next hour, we'll have a conversation with Eli Betker. We hope we can connect with him <laughs> to talk about Mountain West basketball. Utah State did have a game last night. It really was an exhibition game. But, you know, what did we learn from the Aggies? Um, and uh, co- there's some new coaching hires that have been announced in the Mountain West for football. So we'll get into that as well. Who is coming in to fill these positions in the Mountain West? What's their pedigree? What's their experience? And is that how does that change the landscape of the current situation that we know in the Mountain West Conference? So that's coming up right here on the Full Court Press. 106.9 FM, 1390 AM, The Fan. Aggie Apparel is always a great Christmas gift. You'll find a big selection of Aggie items when you shop at Locker 42. Aggie t-shirts, hoodies, and jackets are always popular gifts, including lots of items for junior Aggies. You'll find lots of Aggie logoed items like blankets, water bottles, mugs, basketballs, decals, and more. And check out the hat wall with dozens of Aggie hat choices. It's the store to shop for Aggie fans. Merry Christmas from your friends at Locker 42. 1430 North Main next to Little Caesars and the flagship store at 36 South. Cares for Christmas is an organization that helps families in need of a Christmas. Family number seven is a large family living under one roof. They care a lot about each other and have made many sacrifices. They would enjoy gift cards and warmer clothes for the season. For more information, please go to caresforchristmas.org. That's caresforchristmas.org. And thanks for caring this Christmas. This time of the year means parties and get-togethers with family and friends. Look your best with a new look from New Horizons Beauty College. New Horizons Beauty College knows the latest trends and techniques. They also carry great brands like Redken, Biolage, Matrix, and Ricado. All services are performed by students closely supervised by licensed instructors. Call for an appointment today, 753-9779. New Horizons Beauty College, 550 North Main in the Clock Tower Plaza in Logan. 
The Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. Welcome back to Full Court Press. Eric Franson here with you. Andre had to skip out. Uh, too bad we couldn't connect with Dan Clayton, Salt City Hoops. Um, really would have liked to pick his brain about what he thinks is going on with the Jazz. Should we be panicking? There's some people who are with the team all the time, media guys, and they're saying, hey, look, every team has a slump. Every team gets into a stretch where they just get into a funk. Better for the Jazz to have it now rather than later. And they'll figure it out. They usually do. And it's usually about this time of year where they struggle. So don't freak out just yet. But for me, I'm still freaking out. This team has lost six of their last eight games. And they haven't been close. They've lost almost all of those games by double digits. So they're not not even competitive in some of these games. So there's fundamental issues issues right now that this Jazz team is facing that they've got to get figured out. Um, it, granted, maybe there's travel is an issue, injuries an issue. Those are all realities. I don't want to call them excuses. I mean, they, they're realities. But every team has that. Every team has to travel. Every team sometimes gets injuries. They, almost, they all have injuries. But for the Jazz, why is it that they can't um, you know, get things figured out with this team that had such high expectations? Uh, the problems really are on the bench. I think that this bench play has been deeply disappointing. That uh, there is a significant uh, drop-off, more so than we thought would be, with some of the guys that they brought in. Just haven't quite meshed well. They don't understand their roles, and they're just inconsistent. I don't know if they just need more time in the gym together with Quinn Snyder and that staff continuing to practice and get ready. Uh, but, boy, I hope they get it figured out quickly. Because this is a stretch of games. As we talked about the other night, they've got like 20 games here, the next 20 games, where they only have a handful of teams, maybe three, that are above 500 that are currently in a quote-unquote playoff spot. So this is a really important stretch for the Jazz if they want to try to get things corrected and back on track for a type of team that they should have and the type of season that they should have. Because right now, Jazz are in the sixth position, but they're only 13-11. and 11. So a lot of things they got to get figured out. They're facing the Minnesota Timberwolves tonight, who's 10-13, and 13, but um, they've had trouble before. Carl Anthony Towns, he's let them up before. So to get things started... To get turned around tonight, it's got to go a long way to do that. Sometimes it takes playing well on the road to, to make that happen and to get kind of a spark going in your direction. So uh, at once the, at one time, they're the best defensive team. A lot of teams are scoring on the Jazz now. It's a different story. All right, coming up next hour, we'll talk a little bit more about the Mountain West. Eli Betker will join us. We'll talk about the Mountain West Conference, what's going on with basketball, and changes in the coaching staffs around the conference in football. Patriot. 
I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise. The evil empire is back. The New York Yankees signed pitcher Garrett Cole to a nine-year deal worth over $300 million. It's a move that's reminiscent of New York towards the end of the George Steinbrenner era. The reality is, a lot of teams hand out these huge contracts now. But the term evil empire is really about how much people like to root against the Yankees. Sports needs bad guys. We need someone to wear the black hat. And that team has to be great. Why do you think so many people are thrilled about the latest allegations against the Patriots? Why do so many people hate Duke basketball? Success breeds contempt. No one was mad at the Padres for overpaying for Manny Machado. A successful New York Yankees team is good for baseball. Who knows if Garrett Cole will pay off? He's a great pitcher, but nine years is a long time. If it works out, the Yankees will be tough to beat, and the rest of baseball will once again have somebody to root for. I'm Dan Patrick, and this is Above the Noise.